Amen. Good morning, everyone. If you notice, there's some new speaker systems, and so if there's some changes during the meeting, and, and uh, that's okay. We're just going to keep right on going, and they'll monitor it and bless it, and in a, in a few uh, weeks, we'll have it all ready for the anniversary meetings. Amen. And, and the lighting, there, there was some needs for some new lighting, and uh, so the brothers worked hard, and I really appreciate the efforts. And those that are laboring behind the scenes. Amen. We all want to do better. And uh, may the Lord bless you today. It's just good to be in the house of the Lord. And on this Thanksgiving weekend, for our Canadians, it spills over. And we get two of them. We get two Thanksgivings. We, we get one to, uh, this weekend and one in November. So we're thankful and we're thankful for the ministry. I'm just letting you catch your uh, breath a little bit, Brother Peter. Um, with all shared this photo with us and I really appreciate that and uh, with the rainbow and things I just think it comes in good uh, the church I wanted to remind them of this coming Saturday at six o'clock we're having a special service uh, brother John Perizok is going to be ministering and everyone is invited to that service and then Sunday night he'll be ministering also he's from Edmonton I know most of you don't know him and that's fine. Amen. Sister Hannah is his wife. And you, by the time Sunday night comes, you'll all be loving him. Amen. And then he'll be leaving real quick to go to the airport because he works Monday morning. So, And uh, on the 29th, we're having communion and foot washing. Uh, several in our church have mentioned how they're looking forward to that. And then right away on the following Wednesday is uh, Brother Madiba is going to be here. A ministering, and, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is our anniversary meetings. We're already just over three weeks away, and we're looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to it? Well, I'll, I'll let you turn to the scripture while you're seated, and then when we, we can just stand in a moment. Esther chapter 4, it's just really good to see everyone, and we want you to come into the house of the Lord in freedom and liberty. And and um, nice to see our visitors and everyone that's here. We want you to feel welcome. Amen. We can stand together and we have a great desire to get the word into the hands of the congregation. I think uh, Wednesday or Sunday I mentioned something about getting more message books and someone generously donated all the funds that were necessary. So. We went ahead and made an order. It'll be thousands of different titles coming in. And we want to make that available to everyone in the congregation. Uh, Brother Steve had that desire. And there's a few that we got uh, out. I put them out this morning. But I would just like, uh, it's not going to be a week or two. This is coming from another country. And never would we think that we'd be ordering message books from a third world country to come back to America. It's, it's kind of opposite than the way it should be. But I, I want to get the message into your hands and, and get it to where you can read it and put it in your home and put it in your house. Tomorrow night, there, there isn't going to be a Bible study. We just felt to take a, a Monday night off, give the church a, a little break. And so the Lord willing, we will continue that. Amen. And the next Monday night, the Lord willing. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. And um, just um, work with us on the sound. If it's bothering you, just uh, press in a little bit, and it'll be just fine. The Amen. brothers are aware, and um, we, it's, it's going to be better. Amen. I promise you it'll be better. 
Ephesians chapter 4, Esther chapter 4, all my elderly ways come out sometimes, so I'm getting older, ready to hand the baton off. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we have Mordecai, which is a type, sorry, Esther chapter 4. I'm glad you all are helping me out today. I don't want you to miss the message. I'm speaking on your new ministry. And so the message has got to get across. Mordecai was older. He was a t- he's a type of the o- older, older generation. And Esther was younger. She's a type of the new generation. And um, yesterday I meant to find out how old she was. And it was in the middle of the night that I got up and wrote it down. And in the morning I I looked it up. She was just a teenager. Esther was just a teenager when she became queen. And so Esther chapter 4, it's just around that time or a little later. If you look it up or would do research, she's still either in her late teens or maybe early 20s by the time this had come to pass. It's very striking that you could have a young lady uh, be so bold. Esther chapter 4, verse 12. This is when Haman wanted to come against and destroy them. This was all happening secretly and things, but God knows everything. Esther chapter 4, verse 12. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai, a type of the older generation in the message, commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. In other words, they're coming after you too. Verse 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, notice the change in ministry. The word was coming to Esther to give her confidence of her authority. If you hold your peace or if you're silent at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. This is a question mark. You can see at the end of the verse. So it's a question mark. Mordecai is actually challenging the new generation in the message that if you miss what is happening right now, you're going to perish. And if you think that there's going to be deliverance come from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I think we need more encouragement to the new generation to find their place. Who knoweth whether you're come to this time in your ministry or in your life for such a time as this. Then Mordecai, sorry, then Esther, not Ephesians, but Esther, bade them return to Mordecai this answer. Verse 16. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink three days 
night or day. In other words, she was consecrating herself, but she wanted the spirit of consecration to infiltrate into the believers. I'm doing this. I want you to do this with me. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. So will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. In other words, it hasn't been according to the ministry up until now to do this type of thing, Mordecai. But notice she wasn't arguing and fussing. She was just expressing her heart, kind of like Mary. You know, Mary had the same, uh, not question, but it was coming from her heart. How are these things going to be? And the angel or the message will declare where you're supposed to go from here. I like it to see the new generation responding, if I perish, I perish. God bless you. You can have your seats. Excuse me for keeping you standing so long. Amen. God bless you today. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord and be with brothers and sisters that love the word of God. Can I have my liberty this morning? Not in time, but in what I say. Because I do want to be better about our time. Brother Branham, I heard him yesterday. I was reading. He was so giving compliments to Brother Orman Neville, which is Sister Alice uh, Grants. She's been coming to some of our Bible studies and in our church. That's her father, Brother Orman Neville. How many know that? Sister Alice that comes and Sister Andrea is the granddaughter of Brother Orman Neville. And he spoke for 35 minutes and Brother Branham just thought that was so wonderful. And so good. And I think maybe we can just do better ourselves. But I want to get the message across. Your new ministry. Mordecai impresses on Esther the need for action. Again, remember, Mordecai is a type of the older generation. Esther was a type of the younger ones that had come up. She was the queen. So she was in her place. But Mordecai was impressing on her the need for action. In chapter 4 of Esther, we see transitioning happening. God was moving Esther by the word. It was come to another stage of change. She had had certain changes. She had had certain decisions to accept to be the queen. She had been, let's say, water baptized. She had had an experience uh, to say, I'll be the queen. I'll accept the word for my day. So I'm not speaking about that. She was already in position. But now the character was moving her these three different stages from ignorance. Because ignorance is something, well, if you don't know what's going on, or I don't know what's happening with Haman, or they're out to destroy us. But Mordecai's duty was to make it known to move from ignorance now to an understanding. Okay, bride of Christ, God has done things in your life. He's done things in your ministry to move it now to a point of decision. And it wasn't Mordecai's decision, it was Esther's decision. Queen Esther had to be the one to make the final decision. And I want to encourage you today that the bride of Christ must make this decision. If I perish, I perish, was Esther's willingness to accept the risk. I'm looking at the responsibility that I could die over this. 
It's not part of what's happened in the message up till now. So what are the people's going to think about me? What do, you know what? I don't know. I think maybe it's just for the prophet. I, I think maybe it's just for the five-fold ministry. They thought that for years in the message. That's why in the seven seals, when Brother Branham was asking questions about the ministry, uh, will the bride have a ministry before the rapture? And he said it's the message of the hour, the bride of Christ. And I could have stopped right there. But he goes on to say, she consists of apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. That's the bride of Christ. She's got a ministry. And for many years, a lot of ministers would use this as, oh, it's the fivefold ministry that has the ministry. That's not what Brother Branham said. The bride of Christ, it's the message of the hour. She consists of the fivefold ministers. But the ministry of the hour is to catch the word down into the hearts of a people that would stay so humble that they would manifest the third pool for their hour. Now, I've already announced to our church we need to go deeper. We're going deeper. So I don't want to see anyone choking today or saying, oh, I don't know about this. No, you're ready for this. So we're moving out of kindergarten and, and pacifier. It's time to graduate now. And being humble, what a prophet was saying, is not being arrogant about it. Amen. Not self-promoting. The bride is not going to be a public show. Amen. She remains in a place of lowliness where she knows it's not her doing these things. But it has to be him in her. It's not a time to be proud for or haughty. It's not always seeking to be the center of attention. But it's actually promoting what God would have for us. Are you ready for that? Yes. Now, this morning I'm bringing the focus in on you as a person. I'm, I'm moving away from the other ministries or the other person. The, the emphasis is not going to be on the pulpit. I'm looking in my notes here because I just want to say something. Your personal ministry. On Wednesday night um, we spoke on changes in the bride's ministry. And I was bringing out the ministry of Jesus. How when he was baptized in Matthew chapter thir uh, 3 verse 17, a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Can you see that on the screen? Chapter 17, and I'm just going a little slower so Sister Eileen can translate. Sorry, Sister Eileen. Amen. We were with them on Friday night and, and it's, uh, we can do better for our, our families that don't know don't understand fully the language. Amen. Yeah. Uh, amen. I said we can do better. Amen. So I'll slow down and you just catch it a little slower. Yeah. But when Jesus was baptized and the word said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, yeah. it wasn't immediately that, that these things begin to happen, but it was as time went on that the voice said, hear ye him. So it's been in the message of the hour. There has been years of the message around the world, but we are in a season when God wants to say to you, Hear ye her, him. Hear ye her. You all get quiet right there because you can say amen when the Bible says it about Jesus. But when God wants to say it about you, we kind of shirk back a little bit. Well, I'm going to step right into the waters today. Your personal ministry, your, it has to do with you. Whether you're male or female, whether you're a brother or a sister, you have a ministry. 
There's no such a thing as a giftless believer. We all contribute today. I hope you're contributing right now. We, there's a body movement that is happening. But when I speak about new, just focus on the word new, I'm not necessarily doing away with the old. And, and that's where sometimes the breakage happens in the message between the older generation and the new generation. They hear you using quotes of Brother Branham or saying the new generation, the new generation, and they, they get an attitude that you're speaking against the older, and that's not true. The new is not doing away with the old, but it's a furtherance. It's a higher order now. It's a greater level of ministry that God is calling you and I to. Because each one of us have a ministry. Each believer has a special expression. You have a gift of God in your life. There's a part of God in your flesh. And that's God in you. And no one can complete that but God in you. No one. Not an individual, not a church. I'm speaking about a body now of people that are moving into another stage of the ministry. Did Jesus have changes in his ministry? Did Jesus have changes? Was there changes in Brother Branham's ministry? I'm going to get into a little bit on the first pool, which was the sign in the hand. Then the second pool, which was discernment. He didn't have to take them by the hand and bring up a prayer line, but he would know the thoughts and the intents of their heart. It was on a deeper level. It was a discernment. It was the second pool. But the third pool was the opening of the word. And, and it was the opening of Christ to the people. He was laying a foundation and a platform. Quickly, his ministry was over in just a few months. And then he was taken. Why did, why did that happen? For the emphasis to turn now to the body of believers. Not just to the prophet part. Not just to the pulpit, pulpit part. But now to the many-membered body. For you to realize that there's pools in your own life. Body realm, that's first pool. I, I touch them by the hand and I would see those things coming up through. The little bumps would go through his hand. He had to touch the person. Or the spirit realm, which is discernment. I, I see you and I see what's happening in your spirit or in your life or yesterday. But we've got to go further than that. We, the bride's revival is not a relapse back to the first and second pool. It is having the opening of the word to produce a maturity in their lives where it is her that is operating. It is the body that is operating. Not just a prophet messenger, but a body now moving, operating. And not to where the congregation is just looking to ministers to lay hands on them or to touch them or to somehow get a discernment of your life or a discernment of your need. That's not the emphasis. The emphasis is when the Word of God can come now into the heart of the individual to where now they individually can get one with Jesus Christ, getting alone with Him. He reveals the secrets of His own will in your life when you get alone with God. It's, it's been a lot spoken lately about the secret place or getting alone with God. and I really wonder if we're finding that place. We can read about it, we can talk about it, we can hear it preached about, but I'm speaking about your new ministry. 
It's important that you find it. It's important that you discover it and yield to the Holy Spirit in your life. It's important that you remain faithful to God's calling. And lastly, but not leastly, it's important that we encourage others in their ministries. Jesus had changes in his ministry. But we're not supposed to stand up on a Sunday morning or our services and just give stories and read out of the Bible and make it so dramatic to the people that they cry and they weep. To just see the changes in his ministry and fail to take the step in our ministry is to be a failure. Brother Branham had changes in his ministry. And some of you have been listening to the services and Brother Branham spoke messages about this. My new ministry, 1959. How many's heard that message? Just raise your hand. About a third of the church. Okay. Half of the church. My new ministry. Brother Branham, I was listening yesterday to the ministry explained, and that was 1956, another year that's important to the believers because as America was turning down the word, there was going to be a changing to a bride. 1956 was now turning to a people that would be able to go from first pool, second pool, and receive the opening of the word. So he spoke a message, ministry explained. And also April 1959, another good message. On his birthday, he spoke new ministry. So he's not just speaking my new ministry, but new ministry. He was pointing to a time when the Word would become flesh. 1962, Brother Branham spoke present stage of my ministry. It was bringing a focus on what's happening in the ministry and the present stage of my ministry. I wonder about your life today. Well, I got more room now here. Thank you, Brother Solomon, Brother TJ. Amen. Brother Steve, we got some more room. Amen. Amen. The speakers are gone. Did y'all notice that? Did y'all notice that? Hallelujah. Y'all can just kind of migrate closer now because these speakers won't be coming right at you. They'll be. Amen. Praise the Lord. Where are you at in your ministry, in your life? Is the word becoming flesh in your heart? Are we coming from just being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus to hearing the word say, hear ye him, hear ye her? Are we having that kind of fellowship? Because there are changes in the bride's ministry. Let me ask you a question. How many are message believers today? Nice to hear Brother Gaberlick. Amen. He can say amen as loud as he wants to today. Amen. Because his little brother was running down the pathway this past week. The doctor said it's going to take weeks and weeks. He had fallen and broken his femur. And it's going to be weeks. And I just saw this week him running down the pathway. I just say praise be to God. And so his big brother can say amen as loud as he wants to. Amen. When Brother Branham woke up on the morning, when the the sword came down into his hands in Sabino Canyon. You all remember that? When the sword came down early in the morning, did Brother Branham know before that that was going to happen? When Brother Branham woke up, did suddenly, was there all kinds of lights and a thunder saying, today is the day. There's going to be a sword coming to your hand, which is a type of the word, the king's sword. 
And I'm calling you to turn now from first pull, second pull now to a bride that can handle the word. And I'm giving you the authority. Did Brother Branham wake up that morning thinking it was going to be a great day? No. Oftentimes there's a change in the ministry. It's God just maybe abruptly calling attention to your life and saying, I'm calling you to this. Let me ask you about Sister Hattie Wright. Who's, who, who's heard about Sister Hattie Wright, a poor sister there in, uh, in, in that area, Kentuckiana area? Did she know the morning when she woke up in her little trailer that the Lord had gave her and her two sons? Did she wake up in the morning and, and was she pre-warned that that day was going to be a great day and her two sons are going to come and, and fall down in repentance? Was it that type of a morning? Or was it another morning that she woke up burdened for my family and maybe for her finances, maybe for her, fa- her mother and father, maybe for other needs. But as the day went on, God was reflecting through Hattie Wright. Remember, a woman is a type of the church. God was giving warning through the day, through the words of a prophet and the testimony. And she said, that's nothing but the truth. But in the morning, she didn't wake up saying, oh, I'm going to say these words and God's going to give me the desires of my heart. So it is in your ministry and my ministry. It starts out so casual or so humble or so little. Oftentimes you feel yourself so little, but God has a, a newness and a freshness for you. Let me ask you about David in the Bible when he had those cheeses and and grapes and he was taking up some food to his brothers when he was just a little shepherd boy and and years before in his earlier part of his ministry or in his life as a shepherd, he killed a lion. Then he killed a bear. Are you listening? Those were stages of his ministry. That was times when God showed his strength through his life. I want to say this very clearly. If David would not have killed the lion and the bear privately, he never would have been able to kill a Goliath publicly. And the changing of the ministry is calling for a private consecration. It's not a public show. We don't even know about the lion and the bear until he tells it later. He had already gone through battles. He had already gone through personal struggles. He, he had already learned how to, how to use a sling. And, you know, not, you know he, he was a, a man of character. And God's been raising up a bride for a long time. It's not just going to be a sudden thing. It's something where God is informing you beforehand. This morning's service is a wake-up call for us. Hello, Esther. Wake up. I don't know. No, you're in position. You're in this place. But you're in a place of ignorance, Esther. Don't you realize what's happening? What's coming down the pipe is going to destroy the the Jews and you? She moved in one chapter from ignorance to an understanding. Oh, I realize. I realize this. And then to a time of decision. If I perish, I perish. God's trying to move some of you from sleeping already in first 20 minutes of the service to waking up a little bit and realizing we're in a rapture season. We're in a rapture time, friends. It's not just looking to a prophet to call out our needs or call out our situation. Neither is it to some, you know, uh, famous minister in the message to lay hands on me or give me a discernment. We need oneness with Jesus Christ. 
personally where you are wrestling it out with the angel yourself. And I'm uh, working with Brother Steve and Brother Mark and others in this church to, as ministry and visiting ministry to move us from just being in kindergarten or first grade or second grade and being baptized and saying, I received the Holy Spirit or I, I'm in the message to where we can kill your personal lion and your personal bear. David didn't wake up that morning walking with some cheeses to be with his brothers and know by the end of the day or by the end of that season he was going to kill Goliath. It was already in him. The fight was already in him. He had already been anointed king years before. It wasn't five minutes before that Samuel anointed him and he goes running out saying, I've got a message, I've got a ministry, you've got to listen to me. It was years he was anointed by the prophet and he went back out to be a shepherd. Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to wait until God is moving you out into the, onto the stage saying, come on, I'm loosening your vocal cords. I'm loosening your faith. I'm speaking these things so that you can stand up in authority. When David went to take some food to his brothers, he didn't expect to be fighting a giant that day. But God gave him victory. God's going to give you victory. I wonder about Mary in the Bible that was also a teenager. These, these examples are very specific. When she woke up that morning, being engaged to Brother Joseph in the church, but not never being together. Did she wake up that morning that's like any other day saying, I'm going to meet an angel today. I'm going to hear thus saith the Lord and something's going to move down inside of my womb. That's not how it happened. We get Hollywood and movies and, you know, all, you know, all these things in our mind. And it's not like that. It's as you're going about your normal course of life. Mary was a virgin. She didn't know what was going to happen. But she was going to meet an angel. Before she even felt any changes in her body, she confessed to Esther. Sorry, Elizabeth. At least I got the E right. Amen. I got the E right, Brother Peter. Amen. She confesses to Elizabeth, which was an older person in the message. She started testifying and having relationship with the older and the younger generation. This ought not to bring division. I'm going to say something here. The third pull in the body of Christ should not bring division. It should bring more unity. The third pull in the body of Christ will not bring division. There was another man that was down in prison. And he was in prison. He was about ready to die. He was a thief. I don't think he woke up in the morning in prison saying, by the end of the day, I'm going to be in paradise. He wasn't a good person. He didn't know the Lord. He wasn't raised in church and Sunday school. He was a thief and he was about to get hung on a cross that day. I don't think he woke up with a great revelation saying, today I'm going to be in paradise. He heard those words later in the day by a man that was hanging next to him. And he had respect to someone that he didn't even know. 
He had respect to a message that he hadn't heard before. Come on, friends. And if a thief hanging on the cross can have that kind of a revelation and have Jesus turn to him and say, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Where ought to be the bride of Christ this morning? We ought to be waiting. We ought to be looking. We ought to be saying, where is Jesus in my life? How many believe the Bible's true? That man ended up in paradise. Hallelujah. He was the last person to come busting through the door of paradise with Abraham and Sarah and Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And oh my, he comes busting in. Are you worthy? No. Here's a man sitting over here. In the, in the side, say, what am I doing around all these good people? Ruth and Esther and all these people in the Bible. And I, who, who am I back here? Well, you're the last person to arrive in this place. Because of a word. Because of a message. Because Jesus put him in paradise. Say, how did Jesus put him in paradise? Because the faith that was in Jesus came inside of a thief. I think that thief was more aware than a lot of people in the message. They become more like Pharisees and Sadducees. and They know the quotes and they know everything more. I tell you, it's time to shake all that off, friends. How long you've been in the message or what you know about the Bible, we have entered into another season. This is another time of ministry that God's calling for you. Here it is right in this message, my new ministry. And I know some of you are going to respond 100%. I, I believe that. Brother Branham was speaking in Jeffersonville, uh, talking about prayer lines and prayer cards and discernments and things. And he says, and he's talking about all this. He said, we're moving beyond that now. Oh, praise be to God, we're moving beyond that now. What is he talking about? He's talking about the Word. He's talking about a time when the people would have perfect faith. My mind is going back to a man that wasn't even a believer, Brother Steve. He wasn't even a believer. I think he was a centurion or a soldier. And he told Jesus, you don't need to come to my house. You don't need to come to my house. Because Gentiles, they love it when people lay hands on them. They just need that contact. They just need that feeling, you know. Just, you know, come and let's lay hands on me and then I'll know. Just anoint me with some oil and that's all true and that's all good. Or, you know, discern something about what I'm going through. Just say my name and my address. And, oh! Let me ask you a serious question. Where's all those people today? Where's all those thousands of people, Brother Tim, that, that heard this for years and were in all the prayer lines of the prophet? Of the prophet. Where are they today? They didn't go on to the new ministry. They didn't go on to the opening of the word. They wanted the blessing. They wanted to be around where the noise was and where people were on fire. Friends, I don't just want to be around people that are on fire. I want to be on fire. I don't just want to be in a building where the prophet is discerning hearts and discerning needs. I want to believe the word that he says Hallelujah. and walk out on a Monday and a Tuesday and have a burden to be more one with Jesus. Is there anybody else here like that? Lord, I want to see that in my family, Lord. I, I want to see that in my life. 
God had to take William Branham because people were being tied to the flesh part. Oh, we got to go to Jeffersonville. We got to be in our ambulances. Got to line those, those. Brother Branham talked about it. He talked about the hundreds of calls and the thousands of people. He would have gone literally, Brother Todd. I'm sure Brother Branham in his nervous state would have just been in such chaos today. Can you imagine the people that are still glomming on to the net and this and that and I got to go there and we see it in sports. They'll, they'll give a person millions of dollars over a little football or a little hockey stick or a little football, you know, we would say. Sorry, our Netherland brothers are here. Football, soccer, whatever, basketball. They'll give them millions of dollars. And some of you brothers struggle and sisters, you struggle financially. And we live in a world that's pushing this down your throat and telling you you got to be a certain way. And the American dream and all of that nonsense. And what they're going to find out shortly is the American dream led them into a tribulation. I got to have this and I got to have that and I got to drive a certain this or a certain... No, you don't need to do that. You need to love the Lord Jesus with all your heart. You need to surrender your life to Christ and let Him lead you into another part of your ministry. I'm not doing away with those other ministries. I'm saying, where are we when we walk out of the service? Where are we a week later? Our church is almost two years now since God has started it. Are we better off? Are you doing better? Do you have a desire to go further? I'm not asking anyone to wake up in the morning uh, like Hattie Wright or David or, or, or the thief on the cross. I'm not looking at your morning. I'm looking by the evening what God's done in your life to arouse your heart and say, my, I thought it was all over for me. I thought it was the end of the book. The, my chapter's over. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I wrote that in my notes yesterday. Can I just say what the Lord laid on my heart? Today, someone might have thought that your life is over and your testimony is done or your expression is done. What if God's calling for you to do more? What if it isn't over? I'm looking at you. What if it isn't over? What if it isn't done? What if he hasn't finished with you yet? You might be totally frustrated with your life. You, you might be looking back in your past and saying, I'm a failure. It's all over. And God might be saying to you, there's more to the script. There's new pages in your book, in your story. I'm preaching to you, your new ministry. I'm not speaking about Brother John Andes. I'm your servant. My duty is to encourage you to find your place. God is saying someone today, there's new pages in your book and your story that have not been written yet. Hello, Esther. Hello, Esther. Walk into that room. I give you the authority. I give you the place. But I'm nervous. This has never happened. According to the law, I shouldn't be. Well, go in there. I'm encouraging every person in this building and those that are streaming. 
I, I pray God anoints you for this bride ministry. Not everyone will rise to this. It's, not everyone is called to this. What about the woman at the well? She woke up that morning feeling horrible. She's on her sixth man. She married one, married two, married three. I don't know who's remarrying her, but four, five. Finally, she just gives up and says, I'm just going to live with somebody. Is that true? This is Bible. Now she has to go down to a well because she can't go with the virgins or with the other sisters. Did she wake up in the morning like some bombshell earthquake saying, today I'm going to meet the Messiah. Today I'm going to meet man number seven and it's going to change my life forever. Today I'm walking down here with a, a, a thing of water, pot that's empty, and I'm going to drop that, and I see myself running down the road back telling everybody, I've been changed. Yeah. Did God show her that? No. Come on, friends, I'm, yeah. I'm talking to you. Does God tell you everything? No. Does God wake up you all the morning and shake you and say, today's the day? No. You might be a woman at the well. You might be a person like that. Only Jesus can change the heart. The church can't change your heart. The preacher can't change your heart. It's the blood of Jesus that can change your heart. It was because she was predestinated. It's why when she saw Jesus there. Hallelujah. Something in her heart said, that's what I've been hungering for. I've been thirsting for somebody like this. Can I say it in modern language? I'm tired of just hearing stories. I'm tired of just going to church. I'm tired of just going through the facade. Give me Jesus. I want to change. I want to step into a new life. I want to step into a new experience. And she dropped her water pot. She might not have known, but God knew. She might have went down that road kind of like this, Sister Smouts, with her water pot like this, but God already saw her restored, running back. Some of you are already thinking about how the situation is going to change and what you're going to have to do and all about the future. And I'm here to tell you today, in your new ministry, it's not you no longer. It is Christ in you. See, how are we going to make it across that road, Brother Peter? How are we going to make it across that road? The tide is out. But you just give it a little bit and that tide comes in. It's going to look totally different. Sister Charity, did you speak about lions and Daniel and the lion's den today? Sister Charity, I walked into her Sunday school class and I saw that on the screen. I said, I'm going to speak about Daniel. Can I speak about Daniel? Can I speak about Daniel? This just another ordinary day where he prays and he don't care about nobody else three times a day whether it's the king or whether it's his wife or husband or Shadrach Meshach and Abednego texting him he don't care he's gonna pray to God did he wake up one morning and God revealed to him just hold on Daniel cuz by tonight I'm gonna vindicate your life 
You're away from the homeland. You're like a prisoner down here. And I, I know they promoted you. But where does this inspiration come from? The Holy Spirit. Daniel didn't wake up one morning and say, Oh my, today, by the end of the day, I'm going to be thrown into a pit of lies. By the end of this week, everyone's going to know. That's not how Daniel operated in his life. And that's not how believers operate. It's not all about me. Daniel wasn't all about me. He was humbling himself first. And that who, who actually can humble themselves, God can lift them up. God humble us, Lord Jesus. Maybe some of you need to look at your trials and what you're going through. Instead of looking at it as being bad, you need to look at it as God is molding your character. God is breaking me. God is humbling me so I can come into the new ministry. Did God say, By the end of tonight and by tomorrow, I'm going to stop the mouths of the lions, Daniel. Let me ask you this question. When they were throwing him into the lion's den, was there a big voice that said, Don't worry, Daniel. Don't worry, Daniel. They're not going to eat you. Did that happen? No, Daniel was a man of character. He's like, well, I guess I'm going. This is my day to go. Whatever you all say, I'm, I'm not giving in. I'm not backing down. I'm tearing out of some of your minds, all the Hollywood. Oh, Daniel, it's okay. They're not going to eat you. Has that happened much in your life? Then why do you always look for that? Why are you always looking for the great meeting and the great person? And what's going to happen in your life to really wake you up? Maybe this is a wake-up call. Maybe this is Mordecai coming to some of you, Esther, saying, Come on, I know that you're the person to do it. We talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those three Hebrew brothers, did they know that God was going to appear? I'm trying to work with some of you. Did they know that if they didn't bow, God's going to stand with you and they're going to write songs about you thousands of years from now about the fourth man in the fire? Oh, that gave me such encouragement. They didn't have that encouragement. Well, if God would do this for me, then I'd be able to stand. No, you're standing today because God's grace for you. And I'm ministering a message of the new ministry to get you to walk out on that tightrope and walk out on that, on that board with Jesus. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Your new ministry. Because there's been many martyrs that gave their lives. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, there's been many sisters and brothers that have given their lives for this gospel. Many righteous people have died for the cause. And when you go down as a martyr, it's not in shame. I'm speaking to Holy Ghost filled believers, I hope, today. That when you give your life for Christ, it is not a shameful thing. My people shall never be ashamed. 
You may never run into that million dollars. You might not be the, the beauty pageant winner. I'm speaking to a sister today that is maybe a little bit complex or wondering and, and people are saying things about you in school or bullying you or a friend, this and that. You can rise above that today. I'm speaking to weak ones that might say, I'm not very weak, Brother John, or I'm in the middle. May God give you strength to shake off that. In Jesus' name, shake that off today. I'm not speaking to strong ones that can, oh, it doesn't matter what they, Sister Felicia is a strong believer. Oh, it doesn't matter what those people think. I'm going to church. Is that right? Right, Sister? She doesn't care what people think. So she's like that twin. Do you remember Brother Branham talked about Margaret, then her twin sister? And people would say things about their hair and their dress, and, and, and one was strong enough to throw it off. Oh, I know where I'm going. That's like Sister Felicia. I know where I'm going. Amen. I've been through too many battles now. Yeah. It's like Sister Charity. You think she's going to fall off the wagon now? No. She don't care what none of you think. That's right. Amen. God. She left father, mother, sister, brother, Idaho, yeah. Yeah. Moose Land, yeah. Gun Land, to come live with us here, brother. Us liberal Washingtons. I'm not us, but Washingtonians. That this and that. She feels like going back home. But she found a place of home in the Word. And that's how we need to be for one another. Is let the Word rise up in our lives. We are not Ukrainians. We are not Russians. We are not Germans. I guess I am. Friends, we need to move on to we are Holy Ghost-filled Christians. God was supernatural to stand with these righteous men. But he's also supernatural to stand with you. Am I still this morning? Can I say this morning? It's time for us to move from just the first pool or the second pool into the opening of the word. Do you all see that on the screen there? This is when the tide's out. But when there's a change of the ministry, there's a change. The water comes crashing in very, very quickly. And you want to make sure you found the way to the lighthouse. Hallelujah. I want to come home. I want to find my way, Lord. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Lord. It's going to be the maturity of the word that will ripen us. As we lay in the presence of the Son. Listen closely. Brother John, when I speak, a lot of times it's just quotes of Brother Branham. This is right out of it, it is the rising of the sun. I might not say Brother Branham said, but you'll remember, as we lay in the presence of the sun, the maturity of the word will ripen you, and it will bake all the greenness out of you. He's trying to bake all your attitudes out of you. All the I don't care out of you, and who are you? Well, I'm nothing, but Jesus is everything. He's trying to bake all of that out of us to where we can become the Word as we receive the Word. How many wants to become more like the Word? Amen. Oh, almost half the audience. Who wants to become more like the Word? 
then we have to be receiving the word, Brother Karim. It has to come strong. It has to come fast. Oftentimes it has to come in due season. Lord, come with a word that has rapturing faith inside of it. We are his victory. It's more than a quote. And Christ is the mystery of God revealed. It's got to be more than a quote. Shake my world, Lord. If I am your victory and you are not defeated, then why am I defeated? Why am I in turmoil? Why am I in chaos? Why am I perplexed? I speak to you in the name of Jesus. You are his victory. I'm speaking it over this congregation. You are his victory. You are greater than a first pool believer. You are greater than a second pool believer. He's pulling you into the word saying, you are mine and I am yours. Who would confess today he is not defeated? He is not defeated. You are not defeated, Lord. Stop slumping down in your chair and, and giving God an attitude when you hear things like, you are his victory. You are his victory. The Gentiles always wanted to have hands laid on them. Finally, it took an unconverted, unbeliever person that wasn't even in the message say, you don't even need to come to my house. You don't even need to be in the same building. Just speak the word. Friends, we ought to be down the road saying, speak the word, Lord. Speak the word to my situation. Brother John has seen it in my lifetime. 51 years old, raised in the Branham Tabernacle for many years. Many in the message, they would just quote and quote, and Brother Branham, Brother Branham, Brother Branham, and they made an icon out of him. Now I've seen it since his passing of the way and the worship of his natural family. Now I've seen it to become superstar preachers in the message and people doing the same thing they did to Brother Branham to now their favorite preachers. And that is a cult. I'm just going to say it publicly. and they, People stream our services or what, and that's just fine. I'm not backing down from this. It is a cult in the message to make William Branham something other than what God made him. He's the seventh angel messenger. So it is with the five-fold ministry. To put it all on them and say, they are the ministry. They are the third pool. They have thus saith the Lord. That's not what Brother Branham said. She has thus saith the Lord. Say, well, say what he said. I'm saying what he said. From a little boy, I've heard it, heard it, heard it. People pointing back, pointing back. Jesus said, Brother Branham said, they point back, they point back. What do you believe? Well, my, my church believes, or I was raised in Sunday school, or, or just call one of our preachers. They'll tell you what, and God's trying to shake all that out. That's not the fruit that's going in the rapture. What do you believe? Where do you stand in all of this? Do you have thus saith the Lord, or you keep still? Or do you just run your mouth? Are you the church gossip? Are you the leader of the chats? Does everybody know who to... Oh, friends, we need to get into a secret place. We need to get into a private place where it's you and God alone. I say, God, give our church more men and women like that that can wrestle it out with the angel. Say, how do you know you've been changed? Because the next morning you can see it in my walk. 
You can see it in my walk. I'm talking about Jacob becoming Israel. How do you know he was changed? Because he came halting on the next morning. I've been changed. I might be a little slower now, but he met me there, brother. He met me. We're in an overlapping time. People are trying to live in the ages that's gone by. I know this is a little strong. We have people in the message that are trying to live in the age that was before us. And they're overlapping. And I'm not speaking terminology. This is reality. There must be a change. This is when our personal experience that is the most important thing and I'm trying to get our church to believe in these greater things because that's what's going to give us strength to go through every battle, every trial, every issue. I will say this to you today. Continue to do what you're doing until God reveals more to you. Is that okay? You keep doing what God's called you to do and what you're doing now until God talks to you. But if you feel that nudge and you feel that urge, you respond. Say, how do I know it's God? Because God does not change His Word. Let me ask you some personal things. Can I go personal? Don't check out on me now. I'll let you eat lunch this afternoon and Brother Steve will preach tonight. But we've got something to say today. Does God always reveal to you many things about your life before they happen? Even if you have a gift in your life to, of prophecy or to know beforehand or, or dreams. Brother John dealt with someone this week about dreams and I've dealt with others about speaking in tongues and prophecy and that's fine. But God does not always reveal Things about your life beforehand. When you was five years old, did God tell you who you were going to marry? Did he tell you when you were going to marry? I'm being honest. Say, God, help us to be more real in our church services. I could talk about moons and rainbows and five doves, but that's not going to help you. When it comes down to you getting in your car, you need a word that will shake your life and move you into an experience with Jesus. God didn't reveal to you when you were 10 years old when you were going to marry. He doesn't always tell you or I the future. Does He always reveal to you every footstep before? God allows for free will. He made us with free will. God is slow to anger. And the church said, God is temperate and He's gentle with us. He's corrective and love is corrective, but God is not an abusive, yelling father. God does not hit you over the head and scream at you all the time. I know some of you might have been raised in a home like that, but I'm sorry. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to where believers, we ought to have more of the nature of Christ than that. And I don't care what your name is. We ought to be, as we near Him, we ought to be letting Him hone down all these things. Stop justifying your flesh. Help me, Jesus. Stop justifying your carnality. 
That's what you're doing. It's my issue. It's my mental health. It's my back trouble. No, it's not. The devil's trying to give it to you. And by his stripes, you are healed. Stop being on the defense all the time. And the, uh, the devil's got you on the ropes. I, I'm expecting some in our church to rise out of that. Rise out of that sickness. And if he doesn't heal you and change you until the body change, when you have a body change, you will be healed. But stop being so down in the mouth and sour and sorrowful about your allotment in life. And describing your cross. Oh, you can describe it with capital letters and bold. You need to stop that. You need to click on that and, and decrease the font. Woo! I don't know who the Lord's talking to. Who's the Lord talking to today? You need to click on that and minimize it from being like this. Not the preacher. You. Stop pointing. Okay. You need to do that. Your new ministry. God's working on you and I to let it be more voluntary. Surrendering your will should be voluntary. Voluntarily, I love the Lord Jesus. Voluntarily, I accept Him. Voluntarily, I receive His mercy. Hallelujah! Receive mercy today! I know that I'm not going to be able to finish today, but I just want to move you now into the third pool and this consecration and this life where, where, where God is beginning to move in your life. Moving from just the sign in the hand and the body, first pool, prophecy, second pool, discernment, spirit realm. I'm not discounting those things. I'm not saying that you'll never have an issue in your body. That's not right. We pray for people every day. We, we all have issues. Hello, one right, one amen, one true. Is that right? Why don't you just say, I'm an issue? I'm God's issue. Say, man, I'm a project. Yep, I'm God's project. Say, man, you're a kid. You're just a kid. I'm God's kid. And he's taking care of me really good. And we're going to mature in the short, quick work. Some of you are going to step out of the shadows and be leaders. Am I prophesying or what? I'm just going to say it. I'm expecting some in our church to rise up. Some of you young men to rise up and be leaders. Some of you young ladies, you know, you're always on the friend, always rise up and be an Esther. She's a teenager. Mary was a teenager. God help some of us. We, we've been in the message as a teenager, some of us. You're 40, 50, 60, 70, some in the 80s. It's time for an opening of the word. It's time for the third pool and to come in the seventh seal. Brother Branham was talking about that little cathedral. Can I just read some quotes before I close? That little cathedral box over there and it whirled away from me. That voice went over into that tent and said, I'll meet you there. Said, this will be the third pool and you won't tell it to nobody. He couldn't say that to us today. Many times, many people. 
A lot of us would have been walking down off that mountain. The first thing we got cell service, we'd have been praying. God, do you know what just happened to me? Hallelujah. I got to let the church know. Tell the world. I'll have it on Facebook in 30 minutes. It's not a public show. That glistening sword with pearls, and he held it there, and the sun came through that cavern right there on the pulpit rock. It's amazing God can't do things like that for many of us because we're so carnal. We'd be coming back to Seattle and making a thousand of those swords and sending them to everybody. You know, you got to have one of these swords. we got to hang it on front of every message church. Every message church has got to sing Only Believe or Amazing Grace. Or it's, it's become a cult. It's become people looking to pictures and signs and wonders and singing their favorite song. I just feel so, the presence of God just comes so near me when I hear those songs. And they're dead while they live. They can quote the quote, but they have no life. I'm, trying, I'm going in this direction. I know some of you don't like it, but I'm going there. Because we need to be more like Jesus. That's why that sword disappeared. We don't have relics in the message. We ought not to have relics in the message. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. So they'll make all kinds of people their superstars. I refuse to do that. I refuse to say that over this pulpit and quote it and say so-and-so's a general and so-and-so's this and that. I won't do that. People follow after men. They follow after ministries. I'm sorry, we've been down the road too long. We saw major doctrines and major movements of the message. And it attracted people to something other than Christ. Lord, humble us down and bring us down to a third pool. And it's not a public show. It's not going to be like the first pool, second pool. is always a public show. And they say, oh, I can really see they were anointed this morning. Go right out and smoke, drink. Cuss at somebody. Cut them out because they don't go to their church. Oh, but my, under the anointing, they're so powerful. Get them out from under the anointing. Oh my, standing in the gap. This is after the seals too. He talked about the three peaks in, in my, I think it's Montana there. Is that where it is? Yeah. The three, the, the yeah. peaks or the seven peaks and the thir- first pull, second pull, third pull. And Brother Branham is paralleling this. And, and actually the voice was speaking to him talking about the first part of his ministry. The small hill, first pull, pretty high, you know. Sign in the hand, then there was a little interval in there. The time that I was taken off from being too tired, many of you remember it. Then come the discernment, the second pull. I'm quoting your prophet. Now I've had another, about a few years here of just kind of little peaks. See, back like my ministry wasn't yet. And then come the third pull. The third one, I'm sorry. I don't want to misquote. Then come the third one. Three is completion, number of completion, the third one. And he's talking about the the next peak was five, number of grace, and the next peak was seven. Perfection, six days shall you labor. 
I could bring that into your life as a, just give me about one minute on this. You have labored, and you can try, and you can do things. Then it's like you break into another sphere, and God begins to do things. God brings you into a Sabbath. God begins to move in your life. I'm here to announce today the end of the sixth day for you. It's time to come into the bride age. And I'm not speaking about Laodicea. I'm speaking about a bride message. Come out of her, my people. Come out of the man age into the eagle age. You are not chickens. You are eagles. Brother Branham even stopped and showed it to Billy and looked at them. He said, let that stand if there's a doubt in your mind. Remember this place and come back here. You know, I'm praying for each person here today that the message would be more than just quotes and scriptures and Brother John said, this other preacher said, this website said, I really trust you wrestle with the angel long enough. I know i got to take another service, but Brother Gideon, Brother Gideon did not feel like a mighty man of valor. Let me just close with Gideon and then Esther. Just give me this time. Gideon did not feel like a mighty man of valor. Say, do you feel like you're ready to be a leader? Are you ready to be a judge? Are you ready to be a, a leader in the message? He felt like a loser. He was hiding behind the wine press. Embarrassed. Ashamed. He felt little. He probably felt like if God's going to do something, he's going to have to use somebody else because I feel about like this. They're coming in and they're taking our victory and our joy and everything and he's hiding. I have no strength. Little did he know God was calling him to further ministry. He's calling you to stop allowing those thoughts to dictate your self-esteem and controlling your actions. He's asking you to believe his word and stand up like Esther. This is our last example. We started with Esther. Now Esther, rise on the scene, please. Mordecai. The older generation in the message saying, we've lost our strength to conceive. I'm giving you the baton. We've ran our race. We've been deacons. We've been ministers. We've been Sunday school teachers. Now it's time for some of the younger ones. It's not, let's all carry the pastor to his grave and... Then let's elect another pastor. Who are we going to elect? What's going to happen? There ought to have been some transition before that time. God help us, friends. We're in a time of transition. Don't fall off the, ra- the, the wagon. Don't get stuck in some philosophy of man and your own ideas. Let God shake us out of that. I, okay, let's start with Brother John. Shake Brother John, Lord. Let him be more consecrated. Let him be more dedicated. Let him find a secret place. 
If the ministers must be first partakers of the fruit and go into the land and bring back a good report, then when you hear the ministry ought to be propelling you and encouraging you to take of this bread, take of these grapes, take of this Holy Ghost, take of this Word of God, get into the message. You can say what you want. You can have a clean foyer all you want. But when we get those books in, we're going to put out tables with Brother Branham books on them. And I don't need a committee to say no. We're going to do it. You say why? Because we are so focused on getting the word to the people. Abigail's got to get it. Hannah's got to get it. I've got to get it. My wife's got to get it. We'll come early. We'll pick up a message. Who is this Melchizedek? We'll pick up message thirst. We'll pick, it wasn't so from the beginning. We'll pick up these messages. He's saying, I need counseling. I need counseling. Well, we're going to bring the counselor to you. We're going to bring the message to you. We're going to bring Christ to you. So that morning... Before our musicians come. That morning before Mordecai said those words. Esther, it's all up to you. Do you think she felt really strong and real capable when Mordecai encouraged her? Do you think all of a sudden her muscles grew out and she became seven foot eight? And they had to put on a new, you know, gown out. And she had a big scepter and she walked. She said, let's have a fast. Let's pray. I'm going to pray and I want you maidens to pray. And I'm going to step out into that place. But this was the revelation. And this is what I've been trying to get you to all, all morning. Now it's afternoon. Esther said, if I perish, I perish. That didn't happen like that. It was already in her. She already had the character. She already had the character. And that's what I'm saying to you today. God's been preparing you for such a time as this. You're not weird and a misfit and a square peg trying to get in a You're not. You're the chosen. You are the queen. You just need to move out there under the inspiration, under the faith that cometh by hearing. It was already laying in her. It just needed the situation to open the door for the manifestation. Hello? She just needed the door to be opened. I'm opening the door for you today. To be all that God's called you to be. You don't need to be an impersonation. You don't need to hold your Bible like this. You don't need to raise this hand and like that. It, it doesn't really matter. Get, just get your heart right. You hold it out like this. You fall on your face. You jump. You scream. It doesn't matter what happens after. Just get him. Just find your place in a secret place. Let's not talk about it, church. Let's go there. We've got to move. We can't talk about a new ministry and still stay with the old way of doing things. I, I'm really shaking some, I know, but you can't keep doing the same things and expect the same different result. You say, oh, one day it's just all going to happen. No, you, God, change our lives. Change our actions. Change our attitude. My habits. It's time to move on 
from the old. What you did before. God is opening the door now. This is the season. You're not out of season. Paul told Timothy to be instant. In season and out of season. I'm in season today. I'm right down the middle bullseye, Brother John. This is exactly what the Lord wanted you to hear today. Rise up and take it. Let's stand today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Follow His voice. Follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It's time for a new life and a new approach and a new emphasis now. It's not doing away with the old. I'm not doing away with what you believed 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You say, I would have given my life for it. Well, let's see the life of Jesus now for it. He's not asking you to be a martyr. He's asking you to live. Let's all say live. A little bit louder. Let's live for Christ. In Jesus' name we press on. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads today, not looking to any person, not looking to a little fishy, not looking to a squirrel, not looking to some sword on Sabino, not looking to some other issue or Sister Branham being healed of cancer. We're not here to talk about stories of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and Esther. For us all to just leave and say, oh, that is nice. Oh, that is nice. Neither are we here to put the message before us and say, oh, that is nice. That is a nice sermon. That would be so good. But when we hear it to say, God, let it drop down into the deep recesses of my heart, Lord. Into a new ministry into a different way, Lord, than ever before in your life. God is asking you to take a step further and deeper. Are you willing to get alone with Him? Are you willing to say, Lord, I want to lay aside this so that I can get that? Are you willing to do that today? Lord, I'm willing to lay aside this To get that. Say what is that? It's a furtherance of what the Lord would have. For us all. Individually with every head bowed. My eyes are closed too. In his presence. In his presence. Is there anyone that would say like Esther. You stand there maybe trembling, maybe not knowing fully the future, but you would say, Lord, I want to go into your presence. And if I perish, I perish, Lord. If I, I want to give my all to you. I want to go to the next level spiritually in my life. I'm encouraging you today, brother and sister, to respond to the Holy Spirit. Whatever he said into your heart, whatever he's speaking to you now, I'm going to lift my hand and say, Lord, I want to respond. I want to respond 100%, Lord. Take my body. Take my spirit. Take my soul, Lord. I'm speaking for myself, Lord, that you would consume me, Lord, with the fire of your spirit. Make it more than a song. 
Scour me out, Lord. Take all worldly ambition and desire. Take any falsehoods, Lord, and anything of the world that is clinging on to my garment, Lord. And because we walk down the dusty road of Laodicea and all the manure of the news and the manure of politics and now what happened with Hamas and what happened in Israel and what happened in the Ukraine or what's happening in China. Have you listened about the prices and so forth? We can just lay all that aside for just a little bit of our time on earth and say, Lord, Restore eternity back to my life. Give me what I've lost in the battle somewhere, what I've maybe never even had, Lord. I need a call to that third bedroom, bedroom place, Lord Jesus. I want to go. Excuse me, but I want to go. I want to make my way down on along that pathway before the crashing waves start coming in and the real change takes place. Change our hearts, change my mind, change my ambition, Lord Jesus. Is there any mothers here that would say yes, Lord? Any Hattie Wrights in the building? Any Marys? I'm not looking, I'm not looking. It's you and God. Any brothers that would say, Lord, help me in my family, help me in my... Any young men say, I will rise, I will go. Young ladies, I will rise, I will go. May God bless you. May God anoint you. May God touch our little children and our teenagers. Let's just lay hands on somebody next to us now. Somebody near us now maybe. Media brothers, those in the back, sisters, brothers. Can we just lay hands on somebody? Brother Solomon, can you move over there to Brother Mark? Is there somebody? You're not alone. Just God bless you. God bless you. Oh, God, let us pray one for the other, Lord. Let the sword of your spirit fall down into the hands of men and women, Jesus. Let there be a sweep of your Holy Spirit sweep out across the building right now. I'm asking you, Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord. You said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That it's not a visiting preacher. It's not the pastor, but it's now the body now. It's recognizing God in the body. That's my spouse. That's my husband. That's my wife. That's my friend. That's my associate. That's a stranger. I don't know, but oh God, strike us, oh God. With a greater revelation, a greater impartation, Lord, than we've ever had before. Can this church pray right now for that? Pray for an outpouring of God's Spirit in our lives, oh God. Oh Jesus, let us expect this to happen, God. Expect different results in our lives, Lord. Let us be more sensitive, Lord. I raise my hands and agree with the congregation. With our musicians, with our sound, with our ministry, with our Sunday school, Lord. With all of us together as the body, Lord. With our visitors, with our, those that are faithful, Lord. Continue. To just touch us, Lord. Mend the broken places, Lord. Where Satan has come in and we've let down the bars, let us lift up the standard. Lift up the standard, oh God. Give us a fresh revelation more than anything else, Lord. Give us divine revelation, Jesus. 
I'm asking for the ministry that preach behind this pulpit. I'm asking for every Sunday school teacher, every deacon. Our brother Andy and sister Esther are traveling today. May you bless brother Miles and bless sister Liliana as they come back from the funeral service of their dear grandma, Lord, and family, Lord. I pray for them today. Our brother Jake, Lord Hofer. And our brother Matt, Lord, that's in an office, Lord. Help our media brothers and sisters, oh God. Help our musicians, Lord. I'm asking for our song leaders, Lord. Our sisters in the church, our brothers, Lord, to receive a double portion of the Holy Ghost today. Send a wave of the power of God through us, Lord. Like a jolt of your electricity, Jesus. And cause us to be more humble, Lord, and bear this sword just right. Help us not to use it against one another, but help us to drive it to the heart of the enemy. That you would give us grace and give us mercy. In Jesus' name, Lord, may we press forward, O oh God, today. Let there be a rousing inspiration in the church as we go this afternoon. That there's a new ministry, there's a bride's ministry, and we are a part of it. Satan, you've tried to demoralize, you've tried to give complexes, you've tried to give people dreams and nightmares and associates and past friends have tried to throw guilt on them. I pray in the name of Jesus, let the blood just wash all that away, Lord. Let our minds be pure, let our hearts be pure, let our desires be pure, let our spirits be washed, oh God. Strengthen the feeble need, strengthen the feeble, Lord. And pour into our souls that kind of faith we need for a body change. In Jesus' name, Lord.